Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. Welcome back to one of these years, another episode of one of these years, I almost stumbled there, Colton. I am, of course, Nate Buckcritter, along with Colton Pouncey. We're not doing that takeover. One take, Jake's here today. Uh, here at Lions-Vikings, post-Lions-Vikings, I should say, as I'm fumbling around, Lions with another win, Colton. They're on a roll. The ladies and gentlemen, the Lions are not eliminated from the playoffs. They're like, I don't know what to call them, Colton. They're like on that fringe, weird level. On the but bubble. They have, they're on the What's bubble. That? But they have leveled up. I think that that's official. We can all say that now. Uh, how are we doing? And, and would you agree? I think last week we agreed they've leveled up. But now I think it's pretty clear, yeah. correct? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I look at this team. I just see a franchise that's kind of passing every test right now. Yeah. Um, you know, they're winning the games that they're supposed to win. Now they're beating teams that I guess they're favored in this one, but still impressive <laughs> right. to beat a 10-2 team. The, the fact that they're favored at all is impressive. And it kind of speaks to what they've been doing. Yeah. And the fact for them... To go out there and actually do it and not be a letdown and be like, oh, man, this is just like the Bills game all over again. We were hyped exactly. and then their air left the stadium and we lost. So um, for them to kind of continue on this trajectory, I think it speaks to where they are right now. They feel like they can beat any team on their schedule. That's different than actually going out and doing it. But they're winning these games. They feel good right now. And I mean, man, playoffs or not, we'll have to talk about that. Yeah. But playoffs or not, like they're in a really good spot right now. Playoffs or not, that's the best, probably the best way to put it because this really was um, just another extension uh, of what we've been seeing, you know, in the last several weeks. And I think that, you know, the Vikings are, obviously the record is what it is or, you know, that you can't take that away from them. But like you and I were talking up there, like this is maybe a team that's going to get upset hard in the first round of the playoffs sure. or a candidate that's not, not a dominant <laughs> team, but, but a playoff team nonetheless, just like the Bills, you know, Bills are maybe an upper caliber of that level, but still a playoff team with really good players who can really hurt you by themselves and a team that you have to play the full game, like we talked about, right? Can you finish? Can you execute in winning time? Um, at the end of that game, I think the Lions, you know, I always consider winning time, you know, more or less uh, people have different terms for it. I think fourth quarter, right? You're up seven, you're tied, whatever. It's time to go win the game now. You know, for the Lions, that was early fourth quarter. It's time to go win the game. It's time to go put the foot down. They had three drives, I, I want to say, in that period, and they scored on all of them. It was and they and they you know took care of the clock. The last one, they clocked it all the way down, managed it well. So you get the kudos for Campbell, the mm -hmm. kudos for Johnson. I mean, it was across the board. Goff, that was the best wire to wire, I would say, co combination. I think Colton of execution and decision making by the sideline. I just there were probably mistakes in there, right? Yeah, but. Not a lot, and you just didn't. Minnesota made errors, and they they couldn't erase them, and I think that that is a step in the right direction, and and it shows growth, I think, in Dan Campbell's area as well. Yeah, I mean, you go back to that first game. You know, the lines were up in the fourth quarter, and they were, it seemed like they were trying to bleed some clock, right. trying to do it right, but you know, the run game kind of faltered a little bit in that game. Like they couldn't really get much going. 
and then all of a sudden you you leave some wiggle room for the Vikings to come back, and that's a team that you don't want to be in a one score game exactly. against in the fourth quarter. And I think even in this one, you kind of saw you're like, all right, that, that drive to start the fourth quarter, yeah, it's like, how's this going to go? This is really going to define how this game goes down the stretch. They had like a long six minute drive, which told you mm-hmm. like, man, that was they could not have played that any it's better. Perfect. Whether they get a touchdown or a field goal or not, like. They ran down six minutes of clock. They were they kept the chains moving. They did everything they were supposed to do, and they came away um, with some points there. So, I mean, that was a, a winning drive. It was a mature drive. Mature, um, yeah. It showed growth to me. Um, I mean, yeah, I mean, that was probably maybe the highlight of the game. Like, just that, so. that drive to me. I know there were some other moments that caught our attention. But, sure. Oh, yeah. Right. Um, we'll talk I, about that, too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I just thought that was really well done by the Lions. And, again, another sign of growth and, and some maturity from this young team. Yeah, I, I always, like, you and I, when we watch these games, like, I think we try to pick out these little spots where it's like, okay, here they are again um, in a spot where we have seen them before and maybe they haven't executed as well as you'd like. How are they going to do it this time? And we've certainly seen them in several opportunities over the years, over the last two years, I should say, more this year than last year where, yeah, exactly that. You know, you've got a team where you kind of want them or in a, in a good spot in mm-hmm. the third or fourth quarter and they've made a mistake or they've done something or they answer you because you're playing well and it's time now for you to return serve. And we've seen them get almost all the way there and then fall apart, right? Like <laughs> all the way there and then the bad, yeah. you know, a, ba- a bad decision that haunts <laughs> Campbell for the rest of his life or Goff throws an interception <laughs> or or somebody misses a block or whatever. Something. Whatever it may be. This was not that at all. It was perfect. I mean, it was third down conversions. Goff has been terrific. I think the rapport that he and Ben Johnson have right now um, you know, I, I find it interesting. Beginning of the year, um, I want to say you may have already been on the beat, Colton. I can't remember. It, tell me if you were when when he said this. But somewhere along the way in the summer, we talked to Ben Johnson, and he had said very clearly, "My goal this year is to help Jared Goff be, uh, play the best season of his football life, have the best year of his career." Yep. And that was mm-hmm. well before the season started. And Jared has said, I think, in the last couple weeks that. Um, he believes he's playing his best football, and I think that that's probably fair, and that would include probably stretches, or at least he's playing as good as he was, you know, during that year where the Rams blew up and he went to the Super Bowl. But, you know, back to that drive, I mean, the third down calls, perfect. It was exactly what Goff, you know, the the reads that he likes, get the ball to St. Brown, get the ball to Reynolds, those, you know, make it third manageable, third medium. They were able to solve problems without really straining, and you could just see... I thought, right, you could just see that they were together on that one all the way. Like the next yeah. two drives, they could have probably been better because they were field goals. But that touchdown drive, man, right after Minnesota had scored, Jefferson and Thalen had made plays. Oh, God, here we go again. And then, boom, nope, we're going to run the ball down your throat. Goff's going to execute, go score a touchdown, game over. You know, like that was that was it. That was it right there, beginning of the fourth quarter, and the game was over. Yeah. I mean, Goff was so in control of that game from yeah. really start to finish. Very impressive. Um I mean, the, the, the confidence that he's playing with right now, we talked about the at the beginning of the year, he looks like a more confident player because of what they're doing with the offense, how they're tailoring it to his strengths. But now, you know, he's got all of his pieces healthy. The offensive line is giving him a lot of time to throw, and he's just letting it rip. Um, yeah, he's throwing with confidence. He's throwing with accuracy. He's throwing with touch. The deep balls are connecting now. That was the thing that wasn't really we – we're kind of missing it somewhere like midseason. We he was down mm-hmm. some weapons. But now – Again, like the connection with Chark, we talked about that in uh, training camp where we saw it. If you're there every day, you saw that. It didn't matter, you know, 
I know some people like to say he can't throw deep, but this man can throw deep when yes. he has time <laughs> and he has his weapons on the field. And now you're seeing DJ Chark make an impact. We saw Jameson Williams make his debut and written, you know, his first NFL catch and then kind of run around the stadium. I love seeing that. He gave the right. ball to his dad. That was really cool. Um, well, but for amazing. golf right now, like he's sort of, <laughs> it really was. <laughs> but for golf right now, he's the main piece of this offense kind of making it all go. Um, you know, just the fact that he is playing at the level that he's playing right now. He did say it was the best football of his career that he's playing. Um, he attributes a lot of that to Ben Johnson, but mm-hmm. really we should give Goff some credit oh, yeah. for, you know, having the turnaround season that he's had. And I know a lot of people like to give him some some shit for it, but yep. uh, just, you know, last year and the things that he went through, but he's playing really well. Buddy, uh, yes. He's the main reason why the Lions have gone 5-1 and one their last six games. I have been as hard on Jared Goff as anybody, uh, anywhere. And the level of mental toughness that that guy has shown this year is I didn't think it was something that I didn't know that he had frankly um yeah and I think that you're 100 percent right that it's beyond time uh probably to give Jared Goff credit for this because you know he had been hanging in there this season uh until the Hawkinson you know around that time is when everything changes right they trade Hawkinson and it was just yep. the timing of it he'd been hanging in there I thought playing okay not great not bad though and it was like but not doing enough to change their fortunes and so i kept looking at it as like well whatever i mean this isn't enough it's just not enough he's not playing bad but he's not playing good enough and then they traded tj and he was pissed and we could tell i was there that day we talked about it um he was mad he was legit upset right and everybody could tell that he was upset and um and he did something about it like he he went out and like he just went back to work. The focus got even better. The mistakes went even further down. And now he's like somehow worried less and making fewer errors and making bigger plays. And yeah, he deserves most of that credit because that's all Jared Goff, I think, mental. Um, the situation. This could have gone one of two ways. It really could have. Right? Could have gone Goff. in the trash can. I mean, right away, yeah. too. Let's talk about that. I mean, because not the. I want to get back to DJ Chark. Don't let me forget. But I, the Goff. Sure thing you know last year when he got here um man he was at a personal low right like he'd been given up on by the super bowl favorites like uh stafford was the bell of the ball who was the yeah. the guy that was on the loser team that you know was screwing him well let's get this young quarterback who was screwing the good team out of here and they're a perfect marriage yeah. two losers that's what <laughs> that's what the national narrative was for golf <laughs> and it was impossible yeah. for him not to see that he didn't fit with Anthony Lynn. And I also think that that was part, like, the timing of the whole thing. Like, Lynn came in here and did not expect Jared Goff to be his quarterback. And I don't think there was anything personal there. But, like, stylistically, it doesn't fit. And I think once he found out that's my quarterback, it, well, is this going to work? And it clearly didn't. They made the changes. And I think somewhere along the way, Dan Campbell challenged Goff. Clearly, he did last year a couple times, even to us. And mm-hmm. the mental toughness, the perseverance, and the and the whatever you want to call it, you know, to keep going and to keep throwing through it, I guess, is what you say, right? It's been really damn good. And um, I think it's a lesson for all of us, myself included, like for some of these guys that are 26, 27, and they have talent, and we know they have talent. Like Chris used to say this to me all the time, even when I would get like, He's, this guy sucks, like get him out of here. be like, he has yeah. talent. We've seen it. You can't. Totally give up on them until they give you a reason to. And I think Jared Goff is, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, I think he is maybe one of the best examples of that right now in the NFL. Him and Tua is another one, right? Tua's a little younger mm-hmm. than Jared, but two yep. guys that we've seen them play good football before, 
just get their mind pointed again in the right direction and let them grow up. And I think that's what we're seeing here. Yeah, I mean, one of the questions for me going into the season, like, if this doesn't work out, how is the league going to perceive Yeah, how's, how are they going to look at golf? Yep. Because this is, I think you just mentioned it, like, when you get to that 27, 28 range as, as a quarterback and you're right. not really a franchise guy anymore, but maybe you're still good enough to start in this league. Like, I was just kind of curious. I felt like this season would tell us a lot about golf one way or another. So if he was playing bad, playing poorly, the lines are bad. I think at that point, you probably move on from him, yep. and then maybe he's he might get a few more chances to start, but maybe he's just a long-term backup in this league. Like, if, if it came to that, I wasn't really sure how the league would perceive him. Um, but now, with the way he's playing, like, I mean, I don't know how you don't bring him back at this point. No, like, we were not. on the yeah. fence for some for a little bit there midseason, but... I'm off the fence. I mean, he's, <laughs> I'm off the fence, too. Like, he should be the guy yeah, right I now. I think so. <laughs> now, and I think there's a difference between saying, like, He's the guy for the next five years sure, versus absolutely. he's the guy for next year. the foreseeable yeah, future. Right. Um, but with the way he's playing, like you can't take him out of this offense. No. This offense is perfectly designed for his strengths when he's got his pieces around. You mentioned you want to go back to DJ Chark. We can do that in a second. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I still feel like there's some national media that just, like for whatever reason, does not want to give him his flowers right now. And I'm just like... Look at the numbers. Yeah. He's like top 10 across the board in so many categories. And that's without some of his best players for like stretches of I games. I think that's the, yeah, the context there is important. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, the offense is not the, this team's problem. Even when they were losing, like no. the offense wasn't really the issue. And golf has really picked up his game the last six six weeks or so. But, right. And I think Campbell um, said even that outside too. Of that, Campbell said that too, right? Um, yep. When he was like, some of golf's problems in the first half of the season were he was chasing points because we were. Yep. We were trying to score 50 because it was... Forcing things, yeah. turnovers piled up. Uh, I think the New England game was probably... People look have pointed to that a lot and like, what the hell happened there? Well, that's mm-hmm. probably the best example. If you go back and look at the tape, you know, Goff makes a couple bad decisions in that game that were just like, what the hell is he doing? But it's like, well, he's trying to force a touchdown or he's trying to force one in there. And he talked about yep. that, you know, mm-hmm. when... Go- Even the Cowboys game too. Yep. When guys are... Like when I have all my guys and they're open and I don't have to feel like I've got to jam one in there on third and seven because we're never going to get another opportunity here. Like, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, that's football. And that's the context and stuff that we talked about a couple weeks ago. We were like, it's always ignored, but it's super important. I think Jared Goff is turning into a guy that this team trusts, most importantly, um, and respects. And I think that that's something that always has to be earned, especially in a locker room like this. And I think that is happening. Uh, Chark was the other guy I wanted to touch on here. Because Mm -hmm. you mentioned when we were talking upstairs, and you mentioned it here a couple minutes ago, that if you you were at training camp when Chark was healthy for those first couple weeks, like, ask, okay, ask Macho Lion Randy Savage there, the guy with the Lions, Macho, (laughs) yeah, that guy who was there every day. Our favorite guy. Ask that guy and his buddy who was there all the time. Oh, he knows. He knows. knows. Goff and Chark were doing exactly what you saw in that deep shot that was one of the best throws of the week, I think, across the league. Uh, they did that a ton. They did that all for like a week and a half, and then Chark got <laughs> hurt somewhere along the way, and he hasn't been healthy. That was the best game he played all year, and one probably yeah. one of the better games he's had in, in some time. Um, I want to talk to me a little bit about him, Colton, because I think he's an underrated part of the entire team. Because I think the the future of that position here is within is with Williams and Amon-Ra and. Maybe even some younger guys that we don't even know yet. Um, and I don't know how long Chark will be here or won't be, but I think that his professionalism, work ethic, and not quit whatever 
has really been what they wanted it to be uh, this season. And it's paid, I think, dividends in areas that people probably are never going to see. Yeah. I mean, first of all, he brings impressive traits to the field. We all know that. Yeah. He's got the size. He's got downfield speed. He's run. a vertical yep. threat. Um, when he was out of the lineup, we saw how that was affecting the passing game, I think. Um, not as many deep shots. St. Brown is a great receiver, but he's not mm-hmm. exactly the guy that's going to take the top off, right? Uh, so there's that. But I am more impressed with sort of the off-the-field intangibles that he brings to the locker room. Um, you know, hearing him talk, like he's one of my favorite players to talk to yeah, in the locker room. really just because sharp guy. Of the, the insight that he brings. I remember in training camp when he was talking about leaving Jacksonville and the Urban Meyer situation. I thought he had some really nuanced opinions and, mm-hmm. you know, takes on that situation. And um, coming to a young team like the Lions, it felt like he sort of relished the opportunity to be a, a leader in this locker room, coach up some of these young guys, um, and just kind of turn things around. It seemed like that was something, one of the reasons why he came here. Yeah. Um, and he wanted to make a difference, wanted to make an impact. And now you see him, it, it, it had to be had to have been tough for him to kind of deal with the ankle injury again, like midseason and miss some time. Um, but he's back and he's healthy now. And he's saying, he's talking up Jameson Williams, saying, I think he's going to be a star. Yeah. I'm going to do everything I can to make so sure cool. that he is a star and become a player like that. And, you know, we talk about the locker room presence and the veterans in this team. Uh, that's something Campbell talked about this week. He singled out, you know, Taylor Decker and Frank Ragnow, some of the guys that have been around here. But I also think additions like DJ Chark, like, and these little, you know, Deshaun Elliott, like the, some of these recent free agents yeah. additions have also gone a long way for the soccer room. What they've been able to do, just you know, I guess keeping the wheels going on this thing when they were one and six, and then uh, now thriving in their roles uh, at six and seven. So. DJ Chark to me is like one of the most important players in the locker room, and mm-hmm. that's an interesting thing because he's a free agent now, and you know he can. I think if they want to try to keep him around, he would be willing to stay. I think so receptive to that, and you know, I, I feel like they might try to keep him around. But, I yeah, I, and I think yeah. that it's important to point out here that you know last year they had some guys that they signed early that had no choice because it was like, well, you have nowhere else to go, bud, so you're coming yeah. here, and that's it. DJ, I don't think that DJ probably had like a ton of choices, but I I think he was the first. And Jamal Williams, I guess, is one that probably had some choices. And Jamal is probably I don't want to like discredit him. Jamal Williams is probably the first real skill player free agent that had actual choices that said I want to go with these guys. And he's crazy and weird, so that makes sense, right? That he would <laughs> listen to Dan Campbell and see the. Oh, but DJ, I thought this offseason was the first guy that had like reasonable options is still a pretty highly thought of young guy that needed a uh, bridge year to get himself back right again getting out of a yeah. hell situation like that you knew that typically guys like that are going to have good good options and you know the lions paid him fair and everything i don't know how many other options he had but i think he he talked about how he wanted to be here he he came here and met and saw everything and was just like oh my god like this is what i feel like NFL football could or should be in terms of off the field, the locker room, all that. Like mm-hmm. they're going to have more money to spend this off season, and I, if I had to take my guess, they're probably going to target some veteran-ish guys along that level, kind of like DJ, maybe a little older, probably on defense, right? Got similar, right? Yeah. That says guys that know how to win, that can teach the younger guys to come over the top, a little higher level maybe than what we would have thought of with DJ. But I don't think that people should ever forget about the impact that he's had here because it hasn't been on the field as big maybe as you would have thought. I don't, I don't know what his catch numbers are or whatever because he hasn't played much. But like you said it, um, they had a real 
like, I don't want to call it an issue, but they had, like, a challenge on their hands when Jameson came in here and was hurt and was not happy and wanted to play and was itching and pants yeah. on fire. And DJ was a big part of calming him down. I mean, he was a big part of that. Um, I think that the work that he, or the professionalism and all that, that he helped set with the rest of those guys, you see how St. Brown has gotten better, too. I mean, it's just, I think that him and Reynolds... Yeah. You know, and Chark is the guy that came here, and he decided to. And I think that that was cool to see him have a big game, get a touchdown. I don't know, like you said, I don't know what his market value is going to be, but I would assume that the Lions will be interested somewhere along the way there. I mean, he's better than a draft pick probably at this point. I'd rather probably bring back the yeah. core that you have and roll with that. But, yeah, that's interesting. I he's like the big that. brother. He's like the yeah. big brother of that receiver room in a lot yeah. of ways. Like He's like, he's telling some of the young guys, I've been through this, I've been through that, like, Trust me on this. Yeah, don't quit. And you can sense it. And and in the locker room, those guys like gravitate to him. Like they're always huddled around his locker um, all the time. Like you can see the impact that he has on this team. So you know he got the game ball against Jacksonville. That, I know mm-hmm. that was a pretty cool mo- moment. He bounces back, uh, has a really good game against Minnesota. He, if he plays well down the stretch, I could see the Lions trying to keep him around. Um, he yeah, have some more too. options at that point. But um, he's been so important for everything they've done this year. And whether he comes back or not, I think just having a guy like him on this specific team, you know, the bridge here uh, to something better has right. been impactful for this young team. Another guy who got a game ball this week, I think, actually, uh, and has been in similar but not as expensive fashion was Isaiah Bugs on defense. Um, mm-hmm. That guy, Colton, has been, you want to wow. talk about underrated, undervalued, under whatever, unknown. They would not be, what are they, six and seven? They would not be yep. six and seven if that guy wasn't on the team. And it has no. nothing to do with the fact that he had five <laughs> pressures and two QB hits and played a terrific game on Sunday. It has nothing to do with that. Like his attitude, leadership, and I think you wrote about it maybe this week or a couple weeks ago. He played at Bama. This guy knows how to win, man. Like he came in here mm-hmm. and was like, this is bullshit. We are not going to just be one of these groups that just feel sorry for ourselves. And when everybody mm-hmm. else could have, like, thrown that towel in, he was one of the guys, right, that was like, we're not mm-hmm. quitting here. And it is paying off big time now for him and the whole group. But I think, talk about guys that need their flowers, Isaiah Bugs, I think, is one that people should really know more about. Yeah, I don't I don't really know what compelled me to, like, talk to him. It was after the New England game. They had just lost. Everyone was mad yeah. in the locker room. <laughs> like, no one was really talking to Bugs, but I saw him kind of in the back, and he was, like, mad. Mm-hmm. And so I went up and talked to him. And I was just like, so does this team need more leadership? Because it feels like things are kind of falling apart here. And he's just like, look, when Tracy went down, we lost our captain. Yeah. We lost the voice of this defense. Um, you know, we've got a lot of issues right now, and we need someone to kind of step up and, and take charge. And he was saying all of that. And in my head, I'm just like, do they have a guy like that? I'm not really sure. Like, Tracy was that guy. I don't know yep. if they have just multiple dudes just with credibility like that right with credibility yeah. and, and the experience to go out and talk about it um but man bugs like the way that he has stepped up as a leader in this locker room like i was watching the pregame um you know on the field stuff before yeah. this vikings game um the team huddled up around isaiah bugs mm-hmm. he's in the middle of that yeah. that scrum Campbell loves him man. doing the pregame <laughs> speech now yeah. like that's yeah. where he is and i'm like that's where i wrote about like Okay, yeah, this dude played at Alabama. Mm-hmm. You know, I think he was with the Steelers before yep. the Lions. Like, he's been a part of winning organizations before, and he knows sometimes you just have to step up or put it on, take it upon yourself to be that voice when a voice is needed. And just for him to kind of be that guy and, and sense that there was a oh, hole yeah. and kind of fill that void 
Uh, I mean, he's proven his value time and time again this season. Um, another guy I want to highlight, Deshaun Elliott. Hmm. Um, yeah, he's again, played really well lately. Just a little bit, but he's pl- not only has he played well, but in the locker room, he's a guy that's like, yeah, we can we can win all of our games. Like, not yeah. a lot of people are saying that. They're kind of still walking on eggshells. They're kind of like hesitant, but he's like, yeah, we can win out. Yeah, we can do this. Yeah, we can go to the playoffs. <laughs> he was saying that weeks ago. Yeah, he was. And I was like, you're crazy. <laughs> <laughs> And yeah, I know. Are. And right, he's like still are. talking and backing it up, and I'm just like, like they needed a, a guy like that too. That's just gonna, you know, give yeah. them the confidence and the still confidence in those young guys. So they're doing it in different ways. But we were kind of wondering how how is this team gonna operate, especially the defense without a guy like Tracy, who's gonna step up and be those those voices. And Bugs and Deshaun Elliott have both been great. DJ's been great for the offense. Um, so I mean, man, mm-hmm. the, the growth of this Huge. team and how far they've come in the last six seven weeks has been. Huge. Really impressive and something that <laughs> I can't believe we're here, but we are. Yeah, it's a it's a collection of little things across the board, right? Like, and it's interesting. And um, you know, you talked about we just talked about you know if you were in training camp with with us and the beat writers and Macho Lion Savage, you would have seen some of this. <laughs> but then, but you know, we couldn't sit there and say, you know, well, I mean. It's just injuries because it wasn't just injuries and it wasn't just it wasn't no. it wasn't just this that or the other. It's a lot of stuff, but it was also and and you just nailed it there. I think well, the the critical part there for the whole group was like at some point along the way, defensively, offensive offense was always going to be probably like this. I think it was always going to be fine, but defensively, they had to come up with something somewhere, you know, where someone was confident enough to stand up and say. Look, none of us have enough credibility. None of us really, frankly, know all of what we're doing. But if we just throw everything we have at it together here and don't quit and listen to these dudes, what's the worst that could happen? Like, I think that's kind of what they attacked it as. And it's just been, you know, balls to the wall since. And it's been really impressive. And I think, yeah, the leadership across the board has really been something, you know, that's... We knew it would happen, but it's been uh, it's been more impressive this year. Yeah, absolutely. I didn't. I wasn't sure if it was going to come this year. I thought it might take a little bit more time for some of these guys. The young guys, we talked about them. Like they're not ready to fully emerge, um, but they found these kind of stop gaps to kind of fill that role and and be those guys. So it's. I think that's a really underrated part of this run that they're on, and probably one of the reasons why they are where they are. Absolutely agree. Okay, well, let's take a quick break here and then come back and actually talk about the playoffs, and then. Uh... And then maybe this week's game as well. Uh, So hang with us real quick and be right back. Are you struggling to close deals? Cold outreach is wasting the time of both the buyer and seller at every stage, especially when sellers are using shallow and outdated data. Your organization can overcome these challenges with technology that translates comprehensive, high-quality buyer data into real-time insights. These deeper insights empower sales reps and teams to adopt the habits of top performers, which leads to better outcomes, like more pipeline, higher win rates, and larger deals. We call this Deep Sales, and we've built the first Deep Sales platform with the next generation of LinkedIn Sales Navigator. Right now, you can try LinkedIn Sales Navigator and get a 60-day free trial at linkedin.com slash maze23. That is linkedin.com slash maze23 for a 60-day free trial. Let LinkedIn Sales Navigator help you sell like a superstar today. Just go to linkedin.com slash maze23 and get started. All right, everybody, we're back. And we actually have 
a playoff tracker update <laughs> to talk about Colton Lions playoff odds update whatever. Oh man! Uh, what? How did that feel? <laughs> Let me ask you this: How did that conversation go when uh, Allison was like, "Hey, Colton, we need you to write about the Lions playoff yeah. odds"? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "I mean, I guess, yeah, let's do it. Like, I'll, I'll do the research. I'll dive into it." Yeah. And we came up with the nice little explainer yeah. on how they can get Worked there. Worked out really well. I'm writing this, and I'm like. <laughs> It's not impossible. No. It's not like there, there's a, a clear path now, and we can talk yeah. about that. I was hesitant. I was like, before the Vikings game, mm-hmm. I wasn't allowing myself to talk playoffs. Right. I've had a couple people tweet at me since that game and be like, are you ready to talk now? And I'm like, right. yes. Okay, we can talk about it. There's a path. Mm-hmm. It is now realistic. We can dive into it. Yeah. Here's the story. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, Here it is. Yeah. So, Riding this was actually like hilarious. Uh, just the fact that they're like, I'm like, this team was one in six. Yeah, I know. <laughs> no one's ever done it. That's a. It would be a record, I think, right? If if they made the playoffs. One the last six. one other team in, in FLA series done that. Oh, one that other was team. Like 1970 okay. Bengals, and that was like a Jeez. I don't know, like a 14 game season back wow. then, something like that. Yeah. Um. So it's it's crazy, but we're here. Yep. And we can talk about it. Um. So basically, what I've determined is that the easiest path to the playoffs is winning out. Right. That makes sense. They would finish 10 and 7. Um, and then at that point, you know, it, you do need some help still. They would need two of these three teams, the Giants, Commanders, and Seahawks, to finish 2-2. Two and two. Okay, well, um, not so impossible. that's doable. Yep. Those are not world-beating teams. The Seahawks that's a, that's a pretty late. decent range of, like, you know, that could happen. Mm-hmm. So, like, for example, if the Commanders go 3-1, and one, the Lions go 4-0, and oh, the Giants and Seahawks both go 2-2, two and two, the Lions will be the last wild card yeah. spot. Right. Um, so that's how that would... That's one potential path. Yeah. Um, now, if the Lions go 3-1, and one, a little tougher, you need two of those teams to go 1-3 and three down the stretch. Still not impossible, yeah, but not impossible. you need two teams to sort of implode. Um, and... Based on their schedule, it's a little tougher. We'll get to the line schedule these next four games. We'll talk yeah. about that now. Um, Jets coming up. After that, they travel to Carolina to face the Panthers, who are now suddenly playing well. Yep. Uh, I think they've won three out of four. Uh, they're still technically in the NFC South uh, race. They're only <laughs> behind the NFC is uh, so the bad. Buccaneers. <laughs> it's, it's so bad. It's very bad. Uh, <laughs> then you've got oh. the Bears and Packers to finish. You beat both of those teams already. Can you beat both of them again? Mm-hmm. I don't know. That last <laughs> game at Green Bay, that might be a Jordan Love game at that point. But, you know, we'll see how that one goes. Yeah. To me, it's more like what do, what do we make of the Giants, Commanders, and Seahawks? And I put that in this story. So do you want to go, you know, team by team? That's the last a good four games? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. What are, what's the schedules for the last four or those games? Yeah. So the Giants are currently uh, seven five and one. They've got a big one Sunday night um, at Washington. So they will play the Commanders. So that's so that'll be yeah. one guaranteed loss here. Someone's uh, going down. Yeah. <laughs> yep. If I had to guess right now, I'd say the Commanders are probably in better shape than the Giants. And the Lions but... have the tiebreak on both those teams because they beat them. Yes, right? but the fact that those two teams tied makes oh, it a little tougher. Yeah, it makes it harder. Right. Jeez. <laughs> yeah. If, they, if one one won, one lost, then you'd be talking about it more. But yeah. Um, then they go at Minnesota. Yeah. Uh, I think Minnesota six and one at home, so that'll be a tough one for the Giants. Um, home versus the Colts. You should win that one, but you never know. And then Week eighteen at Philadelphia, but they might be resting their starters in that right. at that point, so you never know. 
Um, so that's the Giants schedule. Commanders, uh, they'll host the Giants this Sunday. Then they go at San Francisco. That'll be a tough one. Uh, Brock Purdy, I don't care who's playing well. quarterback. Those, those guys continue to win, so that'll be a tough one. Um, you host the Browns after that. Deshaun Watson is now back, so maybe they're right. a little bit better. Um, or maybe not. And then, or maybe not. Yeah. <laughs> he hasn't looked like great. Yeah, right. Um, <laughs> he's still shaking off the rest of right. this, but yeah. And then you got um, Dallas to end the year. Um, and again, Dallas seems like they're pretty locked in that five seed, so they could also be resting their starters at yeah. that point. Um, so there's that. And the Seahawks, this is a pretty tough schedule. And I'm surprised because Austin Mock, you know, his projections are our guy at the Athletic. He has the Seahawks with a 61.3% chance of making the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Um, but their schedule, uh, the host of the 49ers, Oof, okay. they go to Kansas City, and then they host the Jets, and then they've got the Rams in Week 18. So those are yeah, that's not a layup games. Like I mean, yeah. I think that Seattle uh, out of those out of that group, though, I would say I think Seattle's the one that I think is the best. Just out of that group of teams that the we just team? talked about, yeah, like Washington, um, Giants, yeah. but like they have the best offense. They have the best like thing. <laughs> Does that make sense? Like of you know yeah. to, but yeah, I. It's not impossible at all, like for this to, to go, the way the Lions need to go. I don't if, think. Again, the Lions go four and zero. They just need two of those teams to go two and two. I think that's and that. Yeah, that's very certainly doable. doable. The two and two part. The yes. harder part is four and zero. Four and zero is the harder part. I think that's the you know, and that's the thing. Uh, you know, we can talk about the Jets here in a second, but like, you know, as you look at the rest of this, you're not. You're now at a point where. No one's surprising anyone anymore, right? You're not surprising anyone with this. You, they know what you are. They are preparing for this. That changes some things. Um, the Jets are now a team that is in the playoff hunt um, on the right side of it, I think, currently, or at least they're right on the wire there. Um, playing hard. This is a must-win game for them. They have to have it. Um, it's one of those type of, okay. you know, and Carolina, like you just mentioned, suddenly has decided they don't want a draft pick that high anymore. <laughs> I guess. So they're and they're, and they're playing, playing for well, Steve Wilkes. You know, Steve Wilkes is coach. trying to get that job, man. And that's yep. the context of December football that I feel like has to be brought up here. Like it, it used last year, it worked for the Lions in their favor because they were playing for Dan Campbell and they were just hanging loose and who cares? And they you know, played pretty well in December and had some momentum and got going a little bit. You know, it changes when you have something to lose, when the pressure cranks up. And now all of a sudden, you know, you make a mistake, you're costing yourself a playoff spot. Like, it it changes. Yeah. So it's a different level of test, and I'm super fascinated to see how they, how they handle it. And, you know, I think that's the whole group. I think that's the coaches, especially now, um, more than the players probably. And I think that that's where – the microscope is going to really get heavy on Campbell and the rest of the coaches as they go through the rest of the season, fair or not, because they are now in a spot where, like you said, it's a manageable path. Um, they're healthier than most of those teams, I would say, at this point, or at least as healthy as anybody in the league, um, as you would be at this point. Mm-hmm. And so <clears throat> you're going to be faced with situations uh, in these coming weeks against teams that have to have it too or want to have it, like in Carolina's spot, they're not going to give up for Wilkes. So you got to have to make good choices. You're going to have to make good decisions. You're, you can't miss field goals and stuff like this. Like all the little yep. things that, you know, has have seemingly tipped 
back in their favor, now the big test is it can't go the other way because you're not playing against bloated teams who are already in the playoffs who don't care. You're not playing against garbage. You know, Houston's not coming in. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah. you're playing against... It'd be nice. And like you said, not. too, Colton, like, hey, the Green Bay game could be a Jordan Love game, but if the Lions have a playoff spot on the line, I'll bet you old A-Ron is uh, walking out there to make sure <laughs> that doesn't happen. Like, I, I think those are things that we have to probably reinsert into our heads here as we haven't really had them covering the Lions in a couple of years. But, like, December football in the NFL is super weird, and it's all about where your team, what your situation is, because no two teams have the same one. Uh, they have You shared similar ones, but I think the Lions, specifically with this game coming up, the Jets, that's where I want to pivot into here, um, is a very interesting one. Similar to that Jaguars game, very, a lot of talent on both yep. sides, young talent. But the Jets here, obviously the quarterback situation being what it is, but also the Jets, I want to talk about the good parts there first. They have a ton of talent on defense, especially up front and outside with Sauce, but especially up front in the middle. This for the Lions is going to be their toughest run test, I would say. They've probably seen all season. Do you agree with that? I think it's at least in the, up I there, do. right there with somebody yeah. else maybe, yeah. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, this is a really stout defense in general, mm-hmm. but, you know, they've got Sauce Gardner in the passing game. Quinn Williams, Quinn we'll see if cool. he plays. Yeah, he's hurt. Um, That's true. Yep. If he, if he plays, and even if he's like 70%, yeah, he's right. 50% Quinn <laughs> like he's, good. he's an yeah. animal. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, these two teams are similar in a lot of ways. Like, they were both t- picked in the top five of the draft. Mm-hmm. We both said, like, they're in rebuild phases. Both a lot of senior it's funny, though, last lot, year. Yep. Yeah, that was mentioned this week. Yeah. Um, I guess Saul, yeah, Saul was a finalist for the Lions job too, right? Uh, yeah, like he, he was, was kind well, of in, he was maybe not a finalist, but he was yeah. interviewed. Okay, there mm-hmm. we go. Um, so yeah, I mean a lot of Michigan similarities native. between these two teams, yep. and yep, from Dearborn, yep. right? I think or kind of out there. Yeah. Um, so I, it is interesting, and I remember like I don't know six weeks ago, and people were saying, "Well, look at the Jets. Why <laughs> can't the Lions they, do that? Maybe the Lions took the wrong <laughs> why guy. Why can't they be there? <laughs> yeah. No, not even that. It's just like." They're, right. Like, yeah. The why Jets can't they winning do that? games? Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I mean, now they're only a game apart in the standings. Yeah. Like exactly. Seven, six, six, and seven. Imagine that. Uh, so <laughs> it's funny how that works, right? <laughs> the Lions were just a little bit further behind with their growth and their young pieces and things coming together. They're probably banged up, you know, a little bit mm-hmm. in the season, and here they are now. They've turned things around, and it's gotten to a point where this is a competitive game. And Campbell said this is going to be a, a heavyweight fight, and I think yeah. he's right. I think so. When you look at these two teams, like the Lions offense versus the Jets defense is going to be must-see yeah, TV. Yeah, it will be good. Like, I'm very excited to see that. Um, these receivers against their DBs, like the run game, the offensive line against their defensive line. Like there's so many matchups that like I'm really intrigued by in this, this one. And you also have at the root of it, two teams that are still trying to make the playoffs. And I think that's probably the most important storyline. Like Salah and those guys are trying to win. Campbell and, and his boys are trying to win and keep their playoffs hopes alive. So it's going to be a tough one on the road against a defense like that. But, man, if the Lions keep playing the way they've been playing and playing smart football, being efficient, not turning the ball over, not killing yourself with penalties, um, you know, they're going to have a chance in this one. Yeah. And they're going to have a chance in all their games to keep doing that one. Um, so we'll see how it goes. But I'm excited to see you, it. I think that'll be I am too. Sure. I tell you, I like um, Sala and Campbell. I like both of them. Um yeah, Sala has really, man, it's just a Campbell, but he has really taken a jump this year. And maybe, I don't know, I don't follow it every day, so maybe it's not a jump. Maybe it's who he is every day. But he has really, like, shown, I suppose, gotten gotten to show 
more, I think, of what makes him a good coach. You know, you, you see some of the interesting, we'll call them decisions that the Jets have made this year, but they've worked. Like, and it's and it's him being a confident person. And I think that I see similar vibes with him and Campbell. I don't think they're the same, cut from the same cloth in many ways. In fact, I think, I don't know if they're friends or not, actually. I don't know if they like each I don't know. I have no idea what their relationship is one way or the other, but... They carry themselves with a confidence, I think, in a football setting that r- reminds me of the other. Like when Salah, when Elijah Moore earlier this year, earlier this year is like, I, I demand a trade. Salah's like, you can say whatever you want. <laughs> I, I don't care. That. We're not trading you. Yeah, you're so staying. You're keep staying. throwing a fit if you want. Get over it. Get over it. Like, and it was like, oh my god! Like when he said it, I was like, oh, like I can't believe a coach actually said that. Like. Oh my God, it was amazing. And it was perfect. Like Moore was like, okay, fine. I guess I'll stay in it. You know, it's working out. (laughs) And then this year later, when Wilson is like falling apart, playing like absolute trash, goes up at the podium and is like, people are like, hey, uh, do you feel like you let the defense down? He's like, no. And then Sala's like, you're benched. That's it. I don't care. And I don't care what. Not only benched, but inactive. For the rest (laughs) of the season. So like to have the yeah. to have the whatever you want to call it to do those things and to have that and to not worry that it's going to come back on you in your own room speaks to me that that's a really confident coach and a good coach who understands the value of a locker room coming together. So I think that yes, this is going to be a heavyweight street fight, whatever you want to call it. I don't know about heavyweight, but like a brass knuckle fight because you got a lot of young, hungry intense guys on both sides that love playing for their coach. And I think that that's, that's why it's going to be fun in the trenches, I think, in this game especially. Jets are more banged up, right? Like, I think, you know, God love old Mike White. Uh, I think somebody called him a soldier in the locker room. Somebody was like, he's a fucking soldier or whatever. And I was like, this game, Lions, Jets. Give me Lions, Jets every week because these two yeah. teams, they're like the young misfits both sides it feels like uh, you know they're both at the senior bowl <laughs> there was some chirping yeah. from the jets i think if i remember right at the senior bowl the lions oh. that the lions practices were shitty or whatever like they're just they're very <laughs> similar they both have like this swag about them um i don't know i've seen similar vibes i i just i don't follow the jets super close but i always they're interesting they're never boring so i always peek in on them you know and it's been a yeah interesting year for both sides but it's been and it's a cool coaching matchup because it's one that, you know, the Lions did have that choice, I think, right? Sala is from Dearborn, um, played up north, played at um, played at UP, I believe, right? Northern Michigan, which yeah. is a, my high school football coach. Okay, played at Northern Michigan, Colton. Northern Michigan football, <laughs> for those who don't know, great stuff. So that, it, Sala already in my book is of, great, of good stock and everything else. <laughs> but like, I do think, yeah. I, I think it's a similar vibe. It's a similar whatever from two young teams that are coming at it and... Both sides are, you know, a couple pieces away from being, okay, man, these guys could be a problem. I think the Jets are probably a little closer to that because of all the what they have on defense. Yeah. But, yeah, you're right to be excited. This, this I think, could be an interesting matchup. What do we know about the quarterback situation here? Do we know anything at this point? Uh, I think Mike White is – he was listed as day-to-day. I'm day-to-day. not sure if he practiced uh, Wednesday. I think they he might have been limited or maybe a non-participant. Uh, we'll see if he goes today. I'm not, I'm not sure, but – I feel like he's going to try to gut it out. Yeah, um, probably so. They're in a playoff race. Him or Flacco, I guess, would be the other option, right? Because it's not going to be Wilson. Maybe they move Zach up. It <laughs> maybe. Might, I don't know. Has he, has he apologized to the locker room? 
I don't know. <laughs> I think he did, but he did. <laughs> I don't know. For me, this game, like I think you mentioned a lot of good stuff with the coaches, yeah. but like they're they are different guys. They Campbell's are. probably a little more emotional. Yeah, um, <laughs> he's probably a little more honest. Uh, yeah, like not to say that. I think Campbell's funnier. It's, it's like, more Campbell, like he is more less serious, oh, yeah. maybe and right. Yeah, no, that, yeah. that's what I meant. <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> Salah is probably more like tight-lipped about information. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and a serious guy. And yeah, yeah. Uh, but both, both, both coaches like their players respect them. And you can see that they you play can. for both guys. Both of those guys and are developing really their own. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Both guys are developing their own cultures. They're both their own identities with their own teams. Like the Jets are sort of this hard-nosed team that's gonna mm-hmm. punch you in the mouth. Uh, Campbell's crew is resilient. They're these young dudes that just are hungry. And so I think that's probably a really cool, you know, kind of dynamic so. for this game, a, a subplot, if you want to call it that. Um, and I don't know, man. Like, I think it is, this is a really cool game. Like, I'm it just is. excited to be there and it's, excited to watch it. Like, in a lot people, of ways, these are two franchises that get yeah. a lot of shit over the years. They're like, they're all, you've been bad, you've been bad. Like, which team is worse over the years? Like, I get that. But yeah. now it's cool to see both of those teams kind of, Finding their own way right. and kind of rising through all the trash, and now you know they're both contending for a playoff spot. Like I think the NFL is better when both of those teams are kind of yeah. good and not just like basement dwellers. It's also so good. I think we're at a point yes. where they're getting there. It's also good when the two teams that were at the Senior Bowl because they're they were the worst two in the league, the next year have made the right moves and invested in the right yeah. young players, and you can see that that they're growing. And I think that you mentioned it there a second ago. Like this is a game between. In a lot of ways, two throwbacks. You know, they're young coaches, but they're throwbacks. Campbell's team, you know, the identity, as we've talked about all year and for two years, has been, you know, a throwback run game. The offensive line, it's been, you know, they run everything. They run a lot of gap stuff and stuff that some NFL, a lot of NFL teams just won't do. And the Jets are like, God alive. They're like the only team really in the NFL left that is like, we are just going to not let you score <laughs> like that's just how we're gonna play like that's it yeah. like we don't care if we only get like three plays on offense that are worth a damn we're not gonna let you score that's it and like yeah. that used to be the year in sala is like i feel like the defensive uh the def- fo- football twitter the defensive side of football twitter he's like their last great remaining hope right of like Somebody has got to make defense matter in football again. Yeah. And Robert Sala has been, over the last couple of years, man alive. One of the best, I think you can say now, especially uh, with what they've done this year, at like coming up with different ways to skin a cat, always keeping his guys in it, and always having that like trademark. And he's had talent to work with, but like they play so freaking hard all the time. And it's just who they are. And they don't apologize for it. Nobody else is like that. I think Nobody else is like the Lions. He's one of the most self-assured yeah. coaches in the I NFL. Agree. Yeah. I would say. I, I think so. He has like, to be. You can't coach like that and not have that. I agree. Yeah. Like, he's kind of, he kind of reminds me of Vrabel a little bit, where like he's just going to do his own thing, doesn't care what Absolutely, other people man. say. That's He's just running his ship his way. Like, benching the number two overall pick to a point where he's an actor. <laughs> like, because he knows. Know the coaches yeah. can do that or even have the power to do that, I guess. Right. But he just he's just like, nope. I'm not. This I'm not tolerating this. This is yeah. bad. This is not what I need from a quarterback. You're done, and we yeah. haven't seen him since. We might see him out of necessity if Mike White can't go. But I mean, decisions like that tell me everything I need to know about Robert Sala. Like he's yeah. a, a great coach, and I know Campbell's kind of proven that too. So we'll see. This should be a, a, a good, fun matchup. What do you? So this is your second trip to New York too, I think. Here and uh, oh yeah, in a couple of weeks. And Sabaro's waiting for me. <laughs> you're gonna go to Sabaro's also. 
Uh, it's Christmas season in the uh, in the Big Apple. This is uh, going to yeah. be good, Colton. You got any other plans for the trip here? Well, my birthday is on on Friday. That's right. So Happy I'm gonna, birthday! I'm gonna try to get there. I th- I'm going to get there like late Friday. Thank you. Um, okay, good. Late Friday. Let's and I got a couple of friends out there, so I'll hang with them. But yeah, That'd it'll be, be a great trip. Um, New York and I've been. I actually the way the like even Michigan State like the way their schedule worked out. I had a couple games. And they play like Rutgers late in the season, where I was over there around. That's right, time yeah. That's always the and sneaky really Big cool. Ten trip, yeah. <laughs> yeah, make my way out to New York instead of Piscataway. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm looking forward to it. it. Should be a good trip. Uh, second time New York, and like I think that's the second consecutive road game in New York, right? Like the last one. Yeah, because they were there right for the Giants. The Giants, yeah. Same building. So, yeah. It should be fun. Good good little trip, and uh, I'm excited. Yeah, well, we'll see what happens. I mean, it's not, like Colton said, I mean, I, I don't know what to make of it at this point. <laughs> at this point. Uh, would I predict a 4-0 finish? Probably not. Uh, but at the same yeah. time, I think what we said a couple weeks ago, I think probably still holds. Like, if they, if they don't make the playoffs and they lose a couple here, it needs to be because they just got beat by teams like we're just talking about. Like, if you get beat by the Jets in a tough game because the Jets are on their way to the playoffs, all right. Like, you got beat by the Jets yeah. in a tough game. And frankly, like, I still think Carolina's a team that you need to be able to beat, but the circumstances are what they are. And I think that, like, those things have to be taken into account here, and it's still going to be a big test for the Lions. And I think that we're at a point where you, we can start to judge that a little bit. Like, they they need to finish strong. We talked about this. It can't be, you know, if they don't make the playoffs, fine. But it can't be because they just collapsed, right? Like, that's... Yeah. That's, I think, the concern maybe that people have expressed, and I think that, that that process probably all starts right now. They just have to keep playing clean football, and I think that most of these things will take care of itself. I don't know if it'll mean playoffs, but it'll mean that you've played well down the stretch, and I think that's all you're really looking for right now. This team feels like it can beat anyone on its schedule. Yeah. Um, also lose feels like they can play with anyone on the schedule. <laughs> but it's also one thing to be able to say that, another thing to go out and do it. And yeah. so, in a lot of ways, for them to make the playoffs, like they might need to win nine of their final ten games. Like if they go four and zero and sneak into the playoffs, they would be nine and nine and one in the last ten games. That's that's really tough, good. man. Like that's yeah, it'd be, that's it would really be good, to do, but right? it's, it's, it's also like hard point. to yeah. do, right? Like yeah, like yeah. the the Panthers very worry difficult. about that game. That seems like a trap game when you're looking ahead of. Yep. You know the two divisional opponents to end the year, and the Bears even. You know, like I mean, I, I the Bears they only beat them by one. That, and, 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 they, and the game, Bears but. gave that game away. <laughs> like I mean, you know what yeah. I mean? So yes, right, yeah. great point. So I don't want people to just say it's playoffs or bust at this point because this whether no. they make the playoffs or not, like as long as you don't implode and go own right. four down the stretch, I still think this is a really good season, a foundational year. That's mm-hmm. everything we talked about in the preseason, in training camp. You want to see them be competitive in these games. You want to see them learn how to win a little bit. I feel like they've done all that I this do year. Too. And so whether they make it or not, that to me, that's just a cherry on top. So enjoy yeah. the ride. Yeah. It might be bumpy along the way, but it yeah. should be. you got a couple more weeks of not having to worry about your draft pick, stock, status, whatever, <laughs> yes. all that. That's pretty good. But, I mean, I think you, it's not playoffs or bust. No, I think it's computer bust. I think that's still the got to be the mantra here, the same as it, it's been all year. Like, if you, if you just go out there and give everything you've got, with your focus the way that it's been, things are probably going to be okay. You know, perfect? Maybe not. Okay, yes. And something to build on for down the road. I think that'll do it for this week. You got anything else there, Colton, for uh, for write-off? Sounds good. I think we'll uh, take care of there. Colton will be uh, back in the Big Apple. If you see him out, wish him a happy birthday. (laughs) If you see him on Sunday's game, give him a 
couple of aspirin too, maybe a bottle of water. See how, see how things yeah. are doing. I'll need it. <laughs> but in any event, for Colton, I'm Nick. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you guys next week. Hey, football fans, this is Diana Rossini from The Athletic. Get the top stories in pro football snapped directly to your inbox with our latest NFL newsletter, Scoop City. Jacob Robinson and I will bring you the daily scoop of top NFL articles, posts, and podcasts every Monday to Friday. Sign up for free now at theathletic.com backslash scoop.